So here we go. We're finishing the series this morning on something more. We've discovered in this short journey that no matter where you are in life, whether you're just starting out in life or in your Christian journey, whether you're somewhere in the middle in life or your Christian journey, or whether you look back and there are too many days to count and you just don't care to count them, <laughs> it doesn't matter. God has something more. God is not through with you. He's not telling you to relax because this is all there is. There's no time to, you can retire from a job, but you can't retire from life. Not until that great getting up morning. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Uh, but then we're just changing. We're just transforming. But he's taking us to a place that we've not even anticipated. He's taking us to a place that you haven't seen you in your own life. He's giving you vision that some of you haven't discovered yet. He's made provision that some of you haven't seen yet. And he's preparing a path that many of us have not walked yet. God has something more for you today. Here's the caveat. Now it's up to you. Now it's up to you to walk the path. Will you declare in your heart, even this morning, that I can't stay here. I can't stay here in this place. Will you declare in your heart this morning that I believe God over my circumstances. I believe God over my experiences. I believe God over the words that have been spoken over my life that don't line up with his word. Will you declare this morning, I can't stay here and I believe God. That there is something more. Something more. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 Looking at verse 24, I'm reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. But Paul tells the Corinthians here in verse 24, he says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable. Therefore, I run thus. In other words, this is the way I'm running. I don't know about you. I don't know if you trotting. I don't know if you just kind of walking fast. I don't know if you're doing a duck walk. I don't know what kind of walk you're doing. <laughs> but I'm running thus, not with uncertainty, Thus, I fight not as one who beats the air. Here's what I want to get to this morning. But I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself might be disqualified. I discipline my body. I discipline my flesh. The kingdom of God, some will say it's here or there, but Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. And they that will obtain the kingdom will fight for it. Come on. It will be obtained with violence. And if it's in here and I want to get to it, I got to fight this flesh. Come on. I got to bring it under subjection. Why? Because God won't have a second best. God won't have us lukewarm, doing things any kind of way. Well, that's good enough. That's the best I feel like I can do, Lord. So here, take that. God doesn't accept that offering. He either accepts your best, and I hate to tell you this this morning, 
or he accepts nothing. Now, here's the thing. You might think, well, I, I don't consider that to be real good. God didn't say I, I need it to be real good. I just need your best. You understand the difference in that? I need you to do all you can to serve me. Don't compare it to somebody. I can't compare my life to Jody or James or Eldon or even Dietra. I compare my life to myself. Am I better? Am I my best self in the Lord? That's what God wants you to do. And that's who he wants you to be. Look at this last verse in a couple of other translations. Verse 27 in the CEV says this. <clears throat> he said, I keep my body under control. Watch it now. And I make it my slave. I'm not a slave to my body, but I make it my slave. So I won't lose out after telling the good news to others. In the Living Bible, he put it like this. He said, like an athlete, I punish my body, treating it roughly. Somebody say, I'm crucified with Christ. I'm crucified with Christ. But too often we want to bring that body down off of that cross because we're feeling sorry for it, because it hurts a little bit to be disciplined. But here Paul says, I punish my body, treating it roughly, training it to do what it should, not what it wants. My body wants to do a lot of things. My flesh, my carnal man, my carnal mind wants to do a lot of things. But I train it to do what it should do, not what it wants to do. And then in the New, the new Life version, it says this, I keep working over my body. I don't do it one day and then give up. How many know you go on a diet for one day and then give up the next day? That's not going to be, you might as well not have gone on the diet. <laughs> Come on. But he says, I keep working over my body. I make it obey me. Oh, you're going to obey me. Even if you got me this day, tomorrow's a new day and you're going to obey me. I will bring every thought under the obedience of Christ. Come on. And I will bring every action under the subjection of the word of God. Come on. In order to move into and receive all that God has for us, we're going to have to understand we can't stay here. We're going to have to believe without a doubt that we can get where we need to go with the Holy Spirit being in us. And here it is today. We're going to have to have a mindset of excellence. We have to have a mindset of excellence. We have to have that. Just any old thing won't do. Come on. I remember an old song that said, Lord, I'm running, trying to make a hundred. Why? Because 99 and a half, it won't do. It won't do. What are we talking about when we're talking about excellence? Here's my definition of excellence. Excellence is, it means superior. Come on. Eminently good. Just not so, so good. That was pretty good. No, not pretty good. Eminently good. Best of its kind, first class. Think of your life that way because that's the way God thinks of you. That's how valuable you are to God. When he made you, he made you first class. He didn't take shortcuts. Come on. He didn't get low-cost lumber from some place. Come on. He didn't get materials uh, that would fade away. He used the best of the best when he formed you and made you. You heard of this term, if you're going to do something, do it right. Or some variation of it. Many have been quoted as saying this. However, this thought originally comes from God himself. 
If you're going to do it, do it right. He either does it right or he doesn't do it. Come on. God created you in excellence. You were created excellently for excellence by excellence. This is what you got to understand about yourself. And I think many of us don't understand this about ourselves. Well, I, you know, I, it seems that uh, I just can't do anything right. Or sometimes I do it right and then other times it fails. And, and that's the way you look at yourself and that's the way you view yourself. But here's what you got to understand is that you cannot help. If you would really give in to the spirit that is in you, you can't help but strive for excellence. Why? Because you were made by excellence himself. Not a God that does things excellent. He is excellence. It's who he is. And you were made by excellence. You can't help but be excellent. If you would just give in and allow God to work through you. When we're not excellent, whose fault is it? <laughs> Come on. Ah, mirror me. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship. Come on. His own masterwork, a work of art. It says we are created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he already set so that we would walk in them living. Listen now, amplified. Ephesians 2.10, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us. God already prearranged and made a path and he made a life ready for you, but it's your choice to walk in it or not. God gives us the choice I put before you, life and death. And he didn't stop there. It would have been all right if God would have said, listen, I'm going to give you, here's a fork in the road. I'm going to give you a choice of life or death. Whatever you want to do, do it. That's not what he said. You remember? He said, I put before you life and death. Oh, by the way, can I give you a little hint? Choose life. Choose life. I'm just going to give you a hint in case you didn't know. Choose life. Psalm 139.14, you know it. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, O oh God. You were made by excellence to to be excellent. To be excellent. Here's what we have to understand about excellence. Just let me give you about three things that we need to understand to live an excellent life. We have to live an excellent life. Don't take second best because God doesn't accept second best. And I'm talking about from you. Remember the distinction here as we go along. I don't want us to get this uh, mixed up. You're comparing yourself to yourself. This is not comparing yourself to someone else's life. So when you say I'm the best, I'm the best me. Come on. I'm the best that God made me to be. I'm discovering what that is. We can't compare. It is a sin to compare yourself. We don't have time to go into that this morning, but there is a sin of comparison. I'm not talking about comparison your life to, to comparing your life to someone else's life because God created you for you. And so you, you have to be the best you. And we can't accept second best. Here's what we have to understand about excellence. Excellence, number one, is not an accident. It doesn't just have, you just don't wake up and say, well, I'm excellent. You might think you are because something fell into your lap that day, but that wasn't you. Come on. Might have been grace, might have been favor, might have been chance. 
Might have been somebody else throwing something away. One man's trash is another man's treasure. Come on, you think you did something. Like the word we heard this morning. Oh, I think, I think you're first. Really? Am I really? Really? Am I really? That's what God is saying to us this morning. And why wouldn't we want to be excellent? All things are in his hands. Everything that is pleasurable, all good gifts come from above. In his presence is the full, not just a little bit of joy. I'm going to get in God's presence and maybe I'll laugh a little bit. Maybe it'll, it'll feel okay for a little while. I'll get some relief. No! In his presence is the fullness of joy. The fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures. You don't even know how many. You can't count them pleasures evermore. Why would you not want to, to pursue excellence in God? Excellence is never a, an accident. It is always the result of high intention, sincere effort, intelligent execution. It represents the wise choice of many alternatives. Even Aristotle said choice, not chance, determines your destiny. It's up to you. Yeah, I know. I understand. I understand, uh, you know, uh, God already made a life for you and he, he, he's already got a plan for you and, uh, you know, he's got a purpose for you. But you can choose not to walk, to walk in it. If you don't believe that, talk to Adam and Eve. <laughs> Come on. Talk to Jonah. Shall I go on? Talk to David. Come on. You can choose not to walk in it or you can choose to walk in it. Talk to Mary. Talk to Esther. Come on. You can choose to do it. If you want to be excellent, you have to have two things. Number one, the discipline of preparation. And I don't know, you might want to write this down. The discipline of preparation and the discipline of practice. Excellent doesn't just happen by accident and it doesn't just happen one time. No, you, you, you just don't you, you don't, you don't become some great orator by giving one speech. Come on. You don't become a, a, a great basketball player by shooting one basket. Come on, somebody. You don't become a great singer by singing one song. It's, it's the discipline of preparation and the discipline of practice. Come on. Do you fell down? Get up and do it again. A righteous person falls down over and over. Come on, but they get back up. That's the difference. That's the difference. What frustrates so many people who strive for excellence is failure. And failure should be your greatest, uh, it should be your greatest learning. Come on. It should be the greatest thing ever because now you know what not to do. You begin to eliminate things. Come on. I'm trying to tell my children, listen, there's only two things that happen. Either it's a success or it's a learning opportunity. That's all there is. Come on. Because some people call it failure, but it's just, it's, it, I just learned from that. Come on. And it frustrates people, but failure shouldn't discourage you from reaching excellence. It should inspire you. The road to excellence is always under construction. It's always under construction. I know you're frustrated with Route 69 and you're frustrated with the potholes. <laughs> but you know what? That road to excellence is always under construction. And here's the thing. You can smooth out all the potholes and, and you, can, you can get all the lanes ready when you're going down. And guess what? God is saying, guess what? You think this is great. Oh, this is great. Guess what? Something better. I got something better. Look at this. Oh, that looks great. I got something even better than that. God always says that. Wake up tomorrow. He'll tell you, guess what? Today's a great day, isn't it? It's a great day. I got something even better. That's the way God is. God is more. 
He is more. I came that you might have life and what? More abundantly. More abundantly. Who's he talking to? Is he just talking to people that don't have anything? Is he leaving out people that have a lot? No. <laughs> Is he leaving out people who feel like they have a good life? No. He's talking to everybody who would follow him. I came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. But it's your choice. <laughs> it's your choice. Colin Powell once said, if you're going to achieve excellence in big things, you develop the habit in little matters. Excellence is not an exception. It is a prevailing attitude. Come on, be, here's the thing, be excellent in everything you do. I know I'm looking in the mirror. We need to be excellent in everything we do. Not just when you're up preaching before people and be prepared. Be excellent when you're at home and you clean the bathroom and nobody else is there. Nobody's coming over. It's not, it's not Thanksgiving. It's not Christmas. It's not Fourth of July where you're inviting people over. It's just time to clean the bathroom. Do it with excellence. Because if you clean the bathroom with excellence, you'll do everything with excellence. Come on, somebody. If you do the small things with excellence, when you get before people or have your shot, whatever it may be, you'll do that with excellence. Why? Because that's what you're used to doing. It becomes who you are. It becomes who you are. And number two, excellence is a mindset, not a skill set. A lot of people think that excellence is a skill set. No, excellence starts right here. This is where excellence starts. It doesn't matter what gift you have. That per I, really, I really envy uh, Dorothy's gift. Well, that's great. But guess what? That's Dorothy's gift. That's not your gift. So stop envying it and celebrate it with her. And now find out what your gift is. <laughs> stop looking at hers. It's, it starts up here. Our, our mind tricks us. <laughs> we allow the devil to give us thoughts ideas and suggestions that's all he can do is give you thoughts ideas and suggestions you want to fall for the bait and I, I won't I won't say this to you I won't say this to you this is not so don't take this personal but but this is this is how it affects me and this is what I heard one preacher say I don't think he should have said it the way he said it but I do know that he was talking to me and I look in the mirror and when I mess up or I fall short I look at myself and say, well, I can't help it because you're too stupid, dumb, and ignorant to do what God told you to do. <laughs> I'm not talking to you. I didn't call no names. I was talking to myself. God gave us the word. It's there. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> I would never say that as a pastor or a friend. Having excellence as a, as a mindset means that you are focusing on the very best you and you're willing to do whatever it takes to be that. What does it take to be the best me? That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to do what it takes to be the best uh, brother Travis or, or sister Carla. What did God, why am I here? What did God bring me here for? Find that out. Discover the vision that God has already put in your heart. And pursue that relentlessly. Pursue it. Excellent. An excellent mindset produces excellent thoughts. Come on. You say, I can do this. I'll succeed when I put my hand to it. I'm better off today than I was yesterday. It's a mindset that we have to have in order to achieve excellence. 
First Corinthians 10 31 says, therefore, whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. All to the glory of God. It's not that you have to have a particular skill. It's all up here. Do it all to the glory of God. Colossians 3, 23 and 24, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. When you're cleaning the bathroom, you're serving the Lord Christ. I know you don't feel like it, but it has to be who you are. What if God said that? Well, you know, when I'm making Brother Michael and Sister Ann and, I, and I'm carving out their marriage and their future, I, I'm, I'm really going to take my time, really going to take my time. But when I do Brother Virgil, I mean, it, you know, I, I, I can hurry up and do him because I'm not really that worried about him. What if God treated us that way? You feel great if you were Michael and Ann. <laughs> but if you're Michael and Virgil, you're not going to feel so good. God doesn't do that. So we shouldn't do that with our life. God doesn't accept anything but the best. Leviticus 22.20 says, whatever, listen to this, whatever has a defect, now he's talking, there's a, there's a lot to this, but I'll just throw this one verse at you. Whatever has a defect, he's talking about animals to sacrifice, to bring to him. Whatever has a defect, you shall not offer. Any defect at all, don't offer it, for it shall not be acceptable on your behalf. That's the Lord speaking. <laughs> Whatever has a defect, don't give me second best. Does your worship have a defect? Huh? Does your worship have a defect? Well, I just came, uh, I came to listen to the word uh, this morning to hear that, to hear the preaching. But, uh, you know, those songs, I, you know, I'm not really going to. Good. Life, yeah, okay. Let's get to the other part. <laughs> Whatever has a defect, don't bring it to me. Because I'm not, you, you're canceling out all your worship for that day. You're, that's what the word says. Whatever has a defect, listen, don't bring it to me. I don't want that. And so excellence is a mindset. We have to have a mindset of excellence. And then third, excellence, it's a lifestyle. Right? It's a lifestyle. It's every day. You have been designed for excellence, with excellence, by excellence. Therefore, you should not only do excellence, but you should be excellence. Come on. That's who you are. You're excellence. When you have an excellence mindset, you'll find that everything you do, no matter how big or small, you'll want to do with excellence. When your mindset is that, you'll find that everything you do, you'll want to do it with excellence. Come on. Every, whatever it is, it will become second nature because it is who you are. You can't do things halfway. It just doesn't feel right to you. Doesn't sit well with you when you do something halfway. Whether you're cleaning the, the kitchen, worshiping the Lord, whatever it may be. It just doesn't sit well when you do it halfway. Great football coach Vince Lombardi once said that the quality of a person's life, watch this now, is in direct proportion to their commitment to excellence. You wondered, you wondered about the quality of your life? Say that again. He's saying the quality, quality of a person's life is in direct proportion to their commitment to excellence. The quality of your life, regardless of your chosen field of endeavor. Whatever it may be, be excellent in it. 
Excellence is not about how much money is in your bank account or what kind of car you drive. Excellence is about waking up each morning and declaring that you will be your best and you will do your best at everything you do and be better than you were the day before. Then you did it last time. Come on. You'll be better this time. You'll be better today. That's the excellence mindset. That's the excellence lifestyle. And by the way, in case you uh, haven't got it by now, this is just not something to encourage you. Well, I, I just want to encourage you because excellence is better. This is a requirement from God. God requires excellence from us because he gave excellence to us. He created us in excellence, and when he bought us back, I don't know about you, but when I think about the story of the cross, there could be nothing more excellent than for him to pay the price with his own perfect blood. He who committed no sin took on the sin of the world, all of the past sin, all of the sin that you might be thinking right now, and any future sin anyone would ever commit, Jesus took it on his shoulders. Now, if that's not excellent, I don't know what is. Come on. That's not excellence. I don't know what is. And so he expects excellence from us. You, you would think that excellence and, and, and perfection go hand in hand. Many people are saying, yeah, I hear you. So what you're saying is we got to be perfect. That's, that's No, God's not saying you got to be perfect. He's saying you got to be mature. And here's the reason. Here's the reason. You think that, but maybe, and maybe to some extent, excellence and perfection, and perfection go together. But here's the problem with perfectionism. Perfection is very often subjective. What's perfect to you may not be perfect to me. Well, I, look at this painting I did. It's a collage of some trees. And you might say, well, I don't know. It looks like an elephant to me. So you think it's perfect. Come on. So we're not talking about reaching for perfectionism. We're talking about being excellent. Excellence is being the very best you possible. Remember, you don't have to be the best. You have to be your best. That's what God is asking for you, from you. Here, here's the difference. Excellence motivates you. Perfectionism paralyzes you. Come on. If it's not perfect, excellence is a cure. Perfectionism is a disease. It is. Excellence causes success. Perfectionism causes stress. <laughs> you want to be the best you that you can be. Excellence is giving our very best. Excellence is reaching our God-given purpose. Not just your potential. All of us have potential. All of us have potential. But excellence is reaching your God-given purpose. Excellence is, here's what it is. We might look at others and say, wow, that person is so excellent. I could just never be that excellent. Here's what excellence is when it boils down to the nitty gritty, when the rubber meets the road. Here's what excellence is. Excellence is simply you, come on, doing the very best with what you've got. This is the difference in people who are excellent and excel in life and you and I, in some cases. It's not what they have. Well, they were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Well, they were born on this side of the tracks. Well, they were born this. They were born that. Their family, their father, their mother, whatever it may, doesn't matter. 
It doesn't matter. God is no respecter of person. And the word works for everybody no matter where you start. No matter where you start, no matter where you find yourself, excellence is you doing the very best with what you've got. So here's what God is saying to you this morning. He's saying, take inventory of your life. Look in your hands and see what God has given you. What has God given you? What skills? What talent? What resources? Come on, you know, you know this. Moses was paralyzed. He was paralyzed. What if I go and I, and I talk to Pharaoh and he doesn't believe me? What am I going to do? God said, what have you got in your hand? Throw it on the ground. Watch what I do. Well, now, look, Lord, we've come to the sea. Now what? Thanks for bringing us out here. Now what? Half of us can't swim. What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? Raise it up. God is telling you and I this morning to take inventory. It doesn't matter how much debt you're in. It doesn't matter how much you've messed up. It doesn't matter how far back you are. It doesn't matter how many chances you've passed up in life. None of that matters. Not in this moment. Not in this moment right here, right now. God is saying, what do you have in your hand? Because you, you are an overcomer. He's telling you that. I'm not telling you that. God is telling you that this morning. That you are an overcomer. You want to know something about overcomers? The overcomer will sit in the throne room, according to Revelation, with Jesus. Not the one with the silver spoon. Not the one that was given everything. But the overcomer. The overcomer.